morning and welcome to Practice Laps, our daily discipleship podcast. I'm Chad Ballard, the lead pastor at Mount Vernon Baptist Church. This morning, we're going to be looking at a, a, one of my favorite passages from Exodus chapter 4. Uh, and I want to read this and then we'll jump into looking at what it's about. It says in verse 1, Then Moses said, what if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? For they may say, the Lord has not appeared to you. And the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And he said, a staff. Then he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses fled from it. But the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand and grasp it by its tail. So he stretched out his hand and caught it and it became a staff in his hand that they that they may believe that the Lord, the God, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. You know, as we read that passage, um, I think about the fact that one of the really hot topics in the past few years was sort of a renewed emphasis on personal freedoms. Uh, so many people were afraid that we were losing our personal freedoms. But, you know, here's a question for you. What were you doing with your personal freedoms before uh, things got kind of weird? You know, I think that a lot of us had become at ease with the way life was going, and, and maybe God needed to get our attention in the past few years. Ed Young, in his 1993 presidential address to the Southern Baptist Convention, said these words that turn out to be quite prophetic. He said, we don't have to be free to be faithful. You know, that's such a, a, a great truth. Uh, we don't have to be free to be faithful to what God has called us to do. As a matter of fact, I, I think the threat of losing our freedoms might be just the wake-up call that the church had needed. You know, Moses in this story has been exiled from Egypt. He's a, a adapted to this nomadic lifestyle. He works for his father-in-law, keeping his uh, flocks. And then suddenly he comes up on a burning bush, and God has given him instruction uh, to go to speak to Pharaoh. And uh, Moses is arguing with him about that. Now, now, something hits me about this that is crazy. Moses is making every excuse under the sun why he can't go argue with Pharaoh, and yet he takes a shot at arguing with God. You know, that's crazy. Have you ever noticed how often God calls us to do things that we are not comfortable doing? Um, and it's just a simple principle. God wants to stretch us. You see it throughout the scriptures. Take Gideon for an example. When the angel of God came to him to send him on on his mission, where was he? He was hiding in a wine press. And in one of my favorite lines in all the Bible, the angel says to Gideon, Come out, O mighty man of valor. You know, it's, it's just being sarcastic. It's kind of like when Carol Ann says, Come out from under that bed and fight like a man to me. You know, uh, The bottom line is this. God doesn't need our abilities, but he doesn't demand our availability. So let me ask you to think about something today. What do you have in your hand? All Jochebed had in her hand was some straw, but she wove it into a basket to shelter Moses. So what do you have in your hand? All Miriam had in her hand was a tambourine, but she used it to lead the people to celebrate God's faithfulness. What do you have in your hand? Hannah had a small child, but when she gave him to God, he became Samuel the great prophet. So what do you have in your hand? 
all Ruth had was the ability to pick some grain and, and to sustain her family. And God, by his providence, used her to continue the lineage toward Jesus. What do you have in your hand? All one little boy had was a sack lunch, and yet Jesus used it to feed 5,000. What do you have in your hand? All the widow had was enough food to feed herself and her son one more meal before she died, and yet God used it to sustain her, her son, and the prophet throughout the famine. What do you have in your hand? There was a time that all I had in my hand was a toe strap on the back of a Mazda pickup when I was in my first pastorate. And God, many preachers don't use, don't keep such tools, but, but I kept it on my truck. I, something told me not to take it off. And on at least two occasions, I was able to use that toe strap to help people who were broken down and show them the love of Christ. I had a toe strap. What was in, what's in your hand? Had a friend named Tom Sharplin, a deacon at Forest Baptist Church. He had a cotton gin and some Hispanic guys that worked for him, and, and Tom spoke Spanish. So he started in English as a second language course at the church. In a year's time, it became a Sunday school class. Before long, we planted Forest Bautista Mission and baptized over 100 migrant workers as a result. My, my former pastor had one of the oldest three-wheelers you've ever seen in your life, and this was in the era of the four-wheeler, and, and he I wouldn't have driven that thing out of the driveway, and yet he rode up and down Fair River on that dilapidated old three-wheeler uh, and with some of the roughest old boys you've ever seen, and now many of those young men are members and uh, regularly attend the church that he pastored back then. He had a three-wheeler. What's in your hand? You know, I went on a mission trip uh, from Green Acres Baptist Church to Moldova, and uh, we gave out boots and winter boots and Bibles and socks and candy. But you know, perhaps the thing that most profoundly affected me was what I was given. At one of those orphanages, uh, a little girl named Anna was so appreciative not only of the, of the gift that we gave her, but of the attention we showed her that she handed me a cookie. You know, she might have gotten one, maybe two cookies in the entire course of a year. And yet she wanted to give this to me. And I began to realize as I tried to refuse it that she was insulted that I wouldn't take it. So I took it and I had it encased in glass and kept it on my desk for a long time before I gave it to a friend that was helping me. You know, for years I kept that cookie to remind me how dare I be indifferent toward others. And I had a cookie. What's in your hand? Mr. Pat Barmore had a voice and a passion for souls. He, he was, he, his family told me that not only did they come to church all the time on Sundays, but they would come every night of the week. And, and a lot of people uh, were led to Christ by Mr. Pat. Mr. Pat had a willing voice. And, and you don't know how many people that man had led to Christ and got them to come and start attending church. You see, maybe all you're capable of doing is to provide a willing voice. That's what was in his hand. What's in your hand? And in case you still miss the point, what you have in your hand is far less important than your willingness to let God use it. So what's in your hand? Just some straw? No problem. God can use it. A child? Are you kidding me? God can change the world with a child. A stalk of grain, a sack lunch, a, a toe strap, some jumper cables, a broken down old three-wheeler, a cookie, maybe nothing more than a willing voice and the ability to show up to church. If you put 
put it in God's hands, he will use it. So what is in your hand? Because the thing that occurs to me is that most of us use what we can't do to keep us from doing what we can do. And I want to challenge you to look at what's in your hand and to use it for the glory of God. And that's today's practice lap, and I hope it helps you to run the race well.